Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Jane Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I thought I understood the game Nippon, but I'm pretty sure I don't now. Uh, I I am Jay, and I've just uh, accepted that uh, I don't understand anything. <laughs> Reasonable. Uh, I'm Josh, and I only feel like Trevor's saying that because he might be losing to me in that game. But even I don't understand what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, we're playing out on Board Game Arena. And the first game, I thought I knew what I was doing. I ended up winning. Um, we, we played a second game because it is currently my obsession. I'm enjoying it more than anything else we're currently playing on Board Game Arena. And um, in the second game, I am currently losing by 45 points, which um, I know that's sort of a nebulous number that you don't necessarily... You know, know how much it is or isn't, but seems to me, like a lot. seems like a lot, <laughs> especially because the game is not over and it's getting worse. So <laughs> you're losing to an accidental idiot sav- savant. Congratulations. <laughs> so a friend, uh, I realized that we're supposed to do memes at the end and they're supposed to be doing memes, but a friend sent me a meme and it's it's topical for what i just watched i feel like since it's the holiday seasons jay you know that all memes are appropriate at any time now okay well good i i feel better then so this is (laughs) the the format of of dr manhattan where he is sitting on mars and he says the year and oh and it's like and i am in such and such a place and and it's that yeah repeating you know what's going on so the first panel is uh, uh, Dr. Manhattan is is on the set of George Lucas making the the prequels. Okay. And he says, it's 1999 and George Lucas is ruining Star Wars. <laughs> and then the next frame, there is Kathleen Kennedy sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And Dr. Manhattan says, it's 2017, and Kathleen Kennedy is ruining Star Wars. <laughs> and then the third panel is <laughs> Dave Filoni standing next to Ahsoka. And it says, it's 2023, and Dave Filoni is ruining Star Wars. <laughs> and then the final panel is uh, an AI-generated uh, uh, image of a, of a robot. And it says, it's 2142, and Star Wars Rider Bot, Rider Bot 2000 is ruining Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Star I like Star Wars Rider about 2000. You would, Josh. What a good guy he is. <laughs> Anyways, I found that amusing. 
So things for Discount Games Inc. as always, um, if you are ordering stuff for um, um, Christmas. Uh, no, I was going to say. I was like, what uh, am I ordering stuff for? If you are ordering um, cards, or sorry, Games Workshop stuff from us, uh, be sure that you um, email me when you're interested in stuff, and uh, I will make sure that um, with the pre-orders, I'll, I'll get you taken care of. Email me as soon as, as they're previewed, and uh, everything will be happy. So, you Jay, guys... before we move to a real topic, oh, when, yes, is, yeah. when is the next Lorcana set available? Uh, do you mean a restock or the, like the third set? No, wait, the third set. No, I thought it was the second set, the the Floodborne or whatever. Is that? Yeah, there's not a third set, is there already? Well, oh, you... I mean, I'm sure it has a release date. It's not released yet. Okay, that's what I was. I, I... I, I'm starting to see previews of it on the internet, which instantly, because I don't pay very good attention, makes me think that it's out, right? And I and I yeah, want it. It is not out, Josh. Okay, all right, good talk. You may <laughs> carry on now. Is was that your question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, it's it's still a ways out. I mean, they just barely um did did the previous one. Okay. Hey man, look, I don't know. I I don't experience time as it relates to games the way probably you do especially, but I was going to say the way normal people do. Like magic sets, I feel like they're coming out every time I blink. Well, that's because so. they are. Oh, okay. Um, so so that's an that's an accurate experience of time. Yes, that is part of the great wizards of the coast cash grab and you know, that's just the way it is. All right, you may carry on. Excellent. Um I don't really have anything else to say, but uh, so you guys um, recently did a trip to Ballas, of all places. So, I'm so excited <laughs> to tell some of these stories. And uh, opted to take, like, it feels to me as an outside observer that your two parties uh, supplied roughly half the population of the convention i thought maybe you were going to say and this would have been a reasonable thing to say that that we traveled with an unreasonable amount of human beings to this thing well yes i mean that's obviously true uh yeah i I don't know what to say about that (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess start begin from the beginning uh wherever you you wish that to be and tell us about your treats i will begin from the the very beginning i'll i will do the prequel before we even do the original series so i went with my two youngest kids and my wife to the board game geek bgg spring which was a year and a half ago in may right so we had a lot of fun it was a good time um and actually my my younger brother and my oldest daughter and my sister-in-law also went with us. So pretty pretty good-sized party, but we had a good time. And and at that time, I said, man, you know what? When all of my family is back in country, because at the time, one of my daughters was uh, living in Spain and wasn't going to be back until this year. And I said, you know, when they all are back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the whole family to BGGCon. I think it would be a lot of fun, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I, st- I had made, started making those plans a year and a half ago. I don't remember when I started influencing Trevor in a in a bad way. Uh, Trevor, maybe you can comment on that. Um, it was the day the tickets came out. 
okay, so we bought all these tickets, right? And um, and I started making reservations, and and I was I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a little bit more than just a board game con. We're gonna make it kind of a family vacation, you know. And so there was a hotel near where the BGG Spring Convention was held, which the BGG Spring Convention is held like in a Hyatt that is literally connected to the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. So frankly, it's really awesome to just fly in, essentially walk over to the hotel, stay there for four days, play games, you know, uh, ad nauseum, and then just walk back to the airport. Uh, anyway, but I thought, oh, there's a there's a Great Wolf Lodge a few minutes from the airport. I'm like, that'd be fun to stay there. Uh, I've always heard that's kind of a fun family trip. You know, they have an indoor water park. They have this um, interactive game, you know, where you, you get a wand and you go on quests for runes with it and, you know, this, this that, and the other. And I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. And, you know, price-wise, it wasn't that much more than just staying at the convention hotel or whatever, right? So... And I'm like, I'm going to rent a car. I'm going to have all the stuff set up. And then, like, fast forward a little bit, like, to actually get my whole family there was way more <laughs> logistical <laughs> effort than is than is reasonable. But I, once I have, sometimes when I have something in my head, I am I will just run it to ground, no matter the, the uh, injury that suffered on the way, right? Um, so I 100% I mean, I did that. I don't want to put words in your mouth either, Josh, but... Um... It feels like I've heard you say before that um, you felt like one of the uh, life lessons that you gained from um, losing Han was wanting to prioritize doing experiences with your family. That is true. No, you are not putting words in my mouth to say that. And also to like not not hesitate, right? Like not wait, just just yeah, find just, a way to it. get them done, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was, yeah, that definitely was in full effect for this trip. So, so basically what that meant is like, uh, let's see, how many of my family did I end up with there, Trevor? Nine, 11, if you count my, my younger brother and, and dad who also came, but they were kind of independent agents. Um, so myself, yes, my I wife, played, and I played more games with your brother and father <laughs> than I did. With yes. You. Right. Yeah. Well, the list is going to be embarrassing when we get to I could have I could have expected this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was like uh four of us, no, let's see. Yeah, four of us arrived on Wednesday, which the the con started on Wednesday, right, Trevor? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. four of us arrived on Wednesday. My oldest daughter come flies in early Thursday morning. The rest of my the other four of my kids uh get there late Friday night. So it's like this ridiculous staggered arrival and then we all did fly home on sunday together but like anyway that was insane but everything's fine until i get a text from trevor who you guys flew in tuesday night right trevor yes and and at this point the robot meme danger will robinson is in full effect because trevor texts me and he's like the uh the convention is not at the hotel connected to the airport yeah so let's go back in time <laughs> my, my wife does not remember going to board game geek con but she did right she took your brother's um wife's tag one time we went she came with us to board game geek con before i think so i feel like i have a memory of this also but yeah, my like, memory is a very um what's the word 
untrustworthy unreliable narrator. narrator. Unreliable narrator. Thank you. Okay, that, that's probably fine. the most unreliable narrator you could. But find. I'm going to say roughly 2015, right? That's when when my wife and I came with you to Board Game Geek Con, and the reason we ended up going was because you had an extra badge. Um, two extra badges, I think, and you sold one to me, and then the extra, the the secondary extra badge, came along late because originally Jordan's wife, your your brother's wife, was going to come, and right. she was not able to, and so my wife wore her name at the convention. Basically, it had, you know, it, the badge she was wearing did not have her name on it; it had Jordan's wife's name on it. This is my memory of it. So whether or not that's true doesn't matter. In my world, it's true. Yes. Good enough. Okay, so we go, and, and in that year, it was at the hotel that is in the, the Dallas Dallas airport. Yep. So I assumed that that's where it was as well. And I, when I rent <laughs> got the rooms for the Dallas, um, for the Board Game Beat Con, I just used the link that I was given um, in the email from when I got the tickets, right? They're like, here's our block. Click this link to buy to get rooms. And it was also a Hyatt, just like the one in the airport. So I assumed it was the same one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yep. fast fast forward to the, the text I sent to Josh, and we get off the plane, and I go to look at, um, you know, how to get to, um, how to get on the tram and get to the Hyatt in the Dallas-Fort Worth <laughs> airport. And I realize that the address... <laughs> Are you, the this is, is the funny. first time you're hearing this story, right, Jay? I, I'm the just realizing funny. It is. Yes, it is the first time I'm hearing this story. Although the thing that's funny about the story is that the person who was not attending the event knew that... <laughs> you son of a gun! ...the venue had changed. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I didn't. I did not know the venue had changed. Um, the funny thing is, is it's 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 not like this is the first year the venue has changed. Yeah. I ta- I was talking to somebody there, and and they were obviously an extrovert, and they were talking to me, and I was obviously um, trying to avoid you conversation. You were tolerating it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, but I mean, we were sitting at a table eating, you know, um, food, and I couldn't like just be like, eh, I don't want to talk anymore and get up and leave, although I desperately wanted to. Um, but anyway, he we got discussing it, and I said, you know, how long has it been in this venue? And he's like, oh, I'm I'm thinking it was probably 2019, 2018. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so You're that's so how. Dumb. Yeah, we're so far off. I was like, oh my, oh gosh. my gosh. So anyway, when I land at the airport and we get our baggage, and I'm trying to figure out how to get to the Hyatt inside the airport, and realize that the Hyatt I need to get to is a 30 minute car ride away. Um, that is when I panic a little bit because I'm I'm afraid that Josh has gotten rooms that are near the Hyatt because we discussed it. I thought, yeah, uh, I thought you'd gotten you know rooms that were near the Hyatt at the airport, and I'm just like this is all this is like the recipe for disaster. And um, so anyway, here's I'm going to this is the part that Josh is not aware of. So in most towns in the nation, major cities, there are laws against. Um, taxis that are unlicensed or unregistered and then do not have meters, right? <laughs> you you go into Las Vegas, for example, and they would absolutely chase off anyone who does who's not a a licensed taxi. So we're walking down the road, and I don't know what the laws in Texas are, but um, we're walking towards the area where all the taxis would be, and I see a car, and it has a taxi sign in on top of it, like an official taxi sign. There's nothing on the side of it, but the guy says. Um, hey, do you need a taxi? And I'm, I look down, and he's not where the taxis are. He's, he's a good, you know, 
I'd say 100 yards ahead of where all they are. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we don't want to drag our bags any farther. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. And he throws our bags in the back, and we get into the vehicle, and he takes off and asks us where we want to go. And I tell him, you know, the the Hyatt and, and downtown. And and um, we're sitting there, and it's probably about two or three minutes into the ride. I look up and realize there's no meter. And I'm like, oh, shoot, we are screwed. <laughs> so screwed where he's gonna bill me like twice as much as what he should and i've got no way to deal with this oh my god um and uh so the 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 literature that the hyatt dallas had was it said that that a um a taxi ride from the airport to the hyatt was 45 to 50 so i'm i'm like okay how much is this guy gonna screw us um, funny story on the way back, I found out that he didn't screw us that bad. And okay, so anyway, we get to the hotel. Okay, congratulations. Us, charged us 80 bucks. Um, and I I was pissed. So I didn't give him, I just, I gave him the 80 bucks and we went in, but I didn't give him any um, uh, tip. 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 Yeah. Kind. Uh, feels so, like the tip is a little built in at that price. Yeah. So I fast forward to on the way back, um, the guy, we got an official taxi this time. Uh, the ride back was sixty-eight dollars plus an eleven-dollar tip, and and use those of you doing the math at home will know that I paid <laughs> oh, the exact same amount. one-dollar difference. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, with with um uh you know the the cents and stuff, it was almost sure. identical. <laughs> so, uh yeah. Anyway, so that was one hundred and sixty dollars that I had not prepared for because I thought we because you thought you were walking from the airport right to your room. Correct. So anyway, continue. Tuesday night that you got the text. But just to just to make sure I understand this, you did. So the hotel you booked was at the venue. I booked I booked the correct hotel because I used oh, the okay. link in the emails. And I also had one room booked at that venue because when I did the, it's I was like so I was trying to get I was like way too on top of this plan. So I had booked the 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 Great Wolf Lodge room before the hotels, the hotel block for the board game GeekCon even went on sale or whatever. Like at one point in time, I had I had a room booked at the Great Wolf Lodge and I had another room booked near the airport at a different hotel because the block wasn't available yet. And then when I when BGG sent out the official email and I followed the link just like Trevor, I ended up with one room. I was basically booking for my dad and brother at the actual convention hotel. And then I canceled that other hotel, but I kept the Great Wolf Lodge Hotel because, again, that was going to be kind of the family vacation. And in my brain, that was close to the 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 airport, right? So, yeah, I mean, so when I get that text, I'm like, there is literally nothing I can do. I uh, let me tell you how badly I have screwed this up. Like that, that's all I could do at that point. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, my fl- our flights went fine, but basically, what it meant is that. So here's the other problem with, you know, should ever should anyone ever become quite so ambitious as me? The other problem with taking a large group of people anywhere, and I'm sure G- General Patton understands this better than many people, is that you have to feed them. <laughs> and you have to keep feeding them. And I, I lost track of the number of times and ways in which any gaming for me was interrupted for a meal or, you know. Anyway. It worked out semi-okay because I did have the one room there, which I didn't tell you the rest of this story, Trevor. 
So I'm looking for my hotel reservation about a week before the con, and I cannot find it anywhere. It won't pull up in my um, email. And and the only reason I looked is because Trevor happened to text me and say, hey, I I realized I've got two rooms booked. I'm going to cancel one of them. And I said, oh, let me double check and make sure I got my reservation. And I like call the hotel. They can't find the reservation. I'm like, what the freak? And so I just said, Trevor, can I you know, take that that other room off of you and and he was gracious and said that's fine and um and then like the day before i'm flying out to the convention my reservation mysteriously appears so i had oh, another i didn't room, know that part. yeah i forgot this part <laughs> and what's weird is so what i did is i then i changed that reservation to just be available for when my other kids got there on friday and then they get there friday and i go to check them into that other room and the hyatt is like hey we're overbooked you know we can get you in a room or we can put you up in this, uh, I think it was the Omni, you know, which is just around the block, and it'll be no charge or whatever. And I'm like, sure, I, I don't mind not paying for a hotel room. So, yeah, so we we ended up with another hotel room in the Omni uh, for those last two nights or whatever. So what a freaking circus. What a circus I created. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the, the so, you have to feed them thing. Um, I, I'm just not as prepared for traveling with as many people as you are. And this, <laughs> so this is like the first extended vacation I've taken with my children. Right. Okay. And so we get there. And you took, you took two of your three children. Is that I correct? Did. One of, one of my children had no desire to go whatsoever. So he stayed home, but and the Trevor other two, wisely didn't force the issue. No, I did not. He, he would have hated it. I, you know, if he if it would have been one of those things where he's like, I don't want to go, but I knew that once he got there, he would enjoy it. I would have forced it. But I sure. knew for a fact, because we've tried to take him to the local board game convention, that he can handle about four hours of board games. And then he is completely and totally board gamed out. Right. Well, five days of board games and four hours of board games are there's such a vast divide there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I am not going to force you to do anything. You know, if you don't want to come, that's fine. But um, this was my first experience at, at spending more on food than I did on hotel. Like we just like the, the, the cost of food at this new venue feels like it's four times as much as it was at the old venue. Well, I will say and I didn't do it as well this time. But when we went to BG Spring, like basically first day, I took a trip to Costco and just like loaded up on a bunch of stuff and. And which I would have done had I known that. We were, yeah. If I'd known that we were a half hour away from the airport, I would have rented a car. We would have done all of those things, but I had none of it. So it's like I could either get in a taxi. I mean, you say that you would rent a car, but and, and maybe you would. <laughs> but uh, car rentals have also gone pretty crazy. And, you know, you would have been spending probably, you know, three, four or five hundred dollars on a car rental. Yeah. I, I mean, I did rent a car. I rent a, a, a minivan and and. uh I think my total ended up being 800 bucks for the whole, yeah, you know, what five days basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm only, I I'm at the magic number of four. I had four. Right. Feet. Yes. Right. I could have yeah. fit in a much smaller vehicle. Right. But. All right. So all that to now get to the list of games, right, Trevor? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so actually, before we before we start the games, so how many, Trevor? You had four people total. Yes, my wife, and me, my daughter, daughter and, son. and my youngest son. And Josh? I think you technically can say that I had 11. So I, I had 
counting like your father and brother and right yeah so i had myself like my wife i had uh my five in-law uh, children living children and my two son-in-laws yes okay so uh the economy of dallas thanks you <laughs> <laughs> as well they should yes and and so uh sorry once again trevor you flew out tuesday, tuesday night. night and yes Josh, soon as i got off work wednesday morning no, we flew out Wednesday evening, so we didn't we didn't really get there till I think it was about nine o'clock Wednesday night. Okay, and so you had a full game, a full day of gaming before Josh arrived, Trevor. Uh, full day of game day of gaming is a the generous description. Is, is, is a little generous description. We did play um, quite a few games that day, but um, between getting the lay of the land as far as food was concerned and um i don't want to call it jet lag because we were only you know we were one and one hour from our normal time but but travel fatigue um yeah we did we did not get a ton done on on wednesday and and on top of that um you know we're with the rest of the crowd trying to get our badges so getting badges took longer etc uh, etc et okay and sorry i know we are starting on games for real but one other oddity which I, I just feel like this is like wasn't communicated well. And Trevor didn't deal with this, but when we got our badges Wednesday night, they were like, uh, just so you guys know, so my 10-year-old was with us. They were like, he's actually too young for the con. Like, And we're like, excuse me? Like, you know, his ticket looks the same as mine. You know, I also paid the same amount for his ticket. And they're like, yeah, there's a 15-year-old age limit. Like, and <laughs> And I don't know if like, Maybe my wife was glaring at them behind me or not. They were just like, <laughs> we're not going to push it, but just so you know. And I'm like, okay, good to know. So, like, it turns out, again, Jay probably knows this, even though he wasn't the one attending. BGG Spring is, like, family-focused specifically. Like, you know, they don't have an age limit. And and apparently, OG Board Game Geek Convention is you got to be 15 or older. It's like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You schmelly kids. So that was That's interesting. That was interesting, I thought. Yeah. And Trevor didn't get that for some reason. No, they said nothing to my 11-year-old. Well, sorry, he's tw- he's 12. He's 12. Yeah. And to be fair, um he he's kind of hit a growth spurt. He's a little bit taller. He does look a little bit older. Um but he's not he doesn't look that old. Like he's clearly not 15. Right. But yeah. but we came through there was there were literally hundreds in line. When we came oh, geez. to okay. get their badge, so they were which was they Wednesday were, morning, basically. Yes, we were standing yeah. in line. The, we took, we probably spent ten fifteen minutes in line before we even got up there. They had, um, I would say, six or seven different places where they were handing out badges. They they were in full production mode, right? So they don't have time and not really paying attention to who they're handing out their their badges to. That makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. But yeah, I don't recall seeing anything or say anywhere during the process where it said minimum age 15. I think I would have noticed that, but well, clearly. But we also didn't. We also didn't notice what hotel it was in. So you know. Yeah, that's something, true. Something unreliable narrator again. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yes, I'm sorry. Back to your first day of gaming. Okay, uh, Trevor, what did you? So for my first play? day of gaming, we played um, the first game we played is a game called 13 Ghosts. Um, it is... 13 Ghosts... I'm going to call it a 
love letter clone. Okay. That that's a little unfair because that's not necessarily what it is. Um be, and it's also a two player game. We played it four player um and it was basically teams, but on your turn you play a card from your hand. Uh, it's a little this is the part where it's different. You play a card from your hand and then you at the end of your turn you draw a card. So you're forced to basically play one card, the cards you have, and then you use it to do things to try to find. The point of the game is that you you have a ghost that's hiding in the house and you're trying to find your opponent's ghost. So it's it's hide and seek, um, but it's just played with cards, right? So I play a card and I um you know, call out a number. If it's the right number, your ghost is found and you lose. Okay. So very love letter esque, right? Okay. 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 So I don't feel like this was on the heat map, Trevor. I, I don't even know how you decided to pick this one up. Um, Sun grabbed it and said, let's play. Always oh, dangerous. Yes. Um, so in a, we played four player, but in a normal game, you draw. Essentially, you would draw two cards. You'd put one one card as your ghost that you're using to hide, so the the card you're you're keeping for the entire game, and then the other card is the card you keep. And if in a four player game you deal out um, four cards, um, one player that's on a team chooses the two ghosts that are hidden, and then chooses the starting cards. The, the then hands the two cards to the other player. The other player chooses the two starting cards. So there's a little bit of strategy, I guess, with your teammate if you're trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, I'll pick these cards to hide with, and then I'm going to use these two combo cards that are going to work well to figure out where our opponents are at. Um, anyway, it, it's it's a quick, fun game. Um, I think it doesn't do Love Letter as well as Love Letter does, so um, just stick with Love Letter. But if, you, if you're looking for a better two-player version of Love Letter, I do think it does the two-player version better than Love Letter does. So if you've only got two players... Go ahead. But as a four-player game, it was not better. We would have had more. I I would have enjoyed playing Love Letter four-player game. Okay. So after 13 Ghosts, we played um, Spiky Dastards. Which, oh my gosh. I freaking hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is... Um, so so I, I was trying to get everything lined up, right? Just everything to go so i sent my two children to the library to get games and this was the game that my my daughter saw the um the the dastards in the container and was attracted to them with by their bright shiny colors and grabbed them so um in this game there's a deck of circles cards that you flip over and they have pictures of the spiky dastards and the spiky dastards there are five of them i believe Mm -hmm. yes yes there's five of them there are five of these plastic um, creatures that have a bunch of spikes all over them, and they're quite um, sharp. Um, and uh, when you flip the card over, the let's see, how does this work? If there's less than three of a particular color, you have to grab those colors. If there's four or more, you have to grab the opposite colors. Does that make sense? So the, the colors are yellow, pink, blue, green, and orange and so if if you flipped over a pink and blue a card that's had the pink and blue one on it and another one that had the pink and green you would need to reach out and grab the green pink and blue ones and for every one you grabbed you would you would score one of those cards depending on which cards were available and the point is to get more cards than everyone else the problem is is that if you grab the wrong one because you see the color, you grab that color, then you look down and realize that there's more than there's four colors instead of th- three or two, 
um, meaning you were supposed to grab the opposite, you have to give one of your cards to one of the other players at the table. And um, the reason why Josh hates it and why everyone hates it is because they're spiky and they hurt. <laughs> and every time you grab one, it is invariably the wrong one. Um, and it's like, it's so infuriating. It is the I, most infuriating I also hate, board game I think I've ever What I hate played. is that it, like, the marketing works. That it's like, you know, it's going to make children want to grab it. Because it almost swears and it looks colorful and bright. And I'm just like, you people are evil. <laughs> Bananagrams Incorporated. Is it, oh, is it the same people who make Bananagrams? I don't know if it's. I don't know if they make Bananagrams. That's a good question. That just says oh. that's. Oh yeah, it is the same people. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's funny. anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's one of the games that even my children were, except for my boy who loves all pain, like all twelve year olds do. Um, but everyone else, we were we were done with it by the time. Mm-hmm. We well, by the time we arrived on Wednesday, uh, we really only had time for one game before I had to drive the 20 minutes back to the hotel close to the airport where I thought I was supposed to be. Uh, and it, this game actually got played probably three different times by my group over the course of the convention. Uh, and it is um, Fit to Print, which is uh, you are anthropomorphic animals who are in charge of editing a newspaper. I think I talked about it on the the pod a few weeks ago. It, it's sort of like Galaxy Trucker Light because the mechanic is you're all grabbing articles or fo- photographs or ads from an upside down pile in the middle of the table. You have to grab them one at a time with only one hand. Then you bring them to your desk. You flip them over. You have to decide if you're keeping them or not. After you've grabbed however many you think is the right amount to fill out your paper, then you you can't you can't grab anymore and then you you try to lay them out in the most points uh, efficient style and then if you're the fastest to print you'll get first choice of of your um your centerpiece for the next uh round and so there's three rounds there's a friday saturday and sunday edition it's uh it's really well done it's fun inevitably you first time we played with my wife it was hilarious because she just like always underestimated how many articles and stuff she grabbed so she had huge amounts of white space in her newspaper and uh anyway so that was uh that was a good one to i guess start and end the con with but like i said it got a lot of plays over the course of the week uh day two which for oh, us was... well, i'm not done with day one. Oh, okay carry on go back Okay, so the next game that we played um, was a game that I saw initially at uh, Icon here in Idaho Falls um, and was excited to try, um, and then we played it, and uh, I was completely deflated. So the game is called Roller Coaster Rush, and it was one of the hot games, uh, or not one of the hot games, one of the new games at BoardGameGeek. And essentially, you have... Um, pieces to a a marble roller coaster and on your turn you can either start an auction for a roller coaster piece or you can test your roller coaster and you basically took put the marble on your starting piece it rolls down and depending on how many pieces it goes past is how many uh, dollars you earn um, and the ultimate goal being to get the a roller coaster where you place a marble on it, and for every piece that you go over, you earn victory points. Each piece has a number of flags on it that represent um, victory points, and the more difficult pieces are worth more victory points. So if you can build this roller coaster that can hit multiple uh, big pieces, 
um, it's worth more. The downside and the thing that, and I was super excited about this game because I thought it was a really cool concept and um, was excited to play, but the, the part that um, ruined it for me was that the um, pieces to the roller coasters in the box are, rather than being like wood or 3D printed plastic, um, and rather than having nice good fitment where they fit together, they're made from extruded plastic, um, like a vacuum seal style plastic i can't think of the name of it um oh like the stuff that like old fireball island was made out of that kind of uh yes but even cheaper than that Jeez. okay uh, um so like the stuff that you would you know open a, a mini you go to the game store you you open you get the the clamshell stuff that it's not even that thick but that style of of vacuum um created plastic so the roller coaster pieces are that which means that they don't fit together well. There's bumps in between them, so you're, sometimes your your marble hits those bumps and fails to move on, or or gets drastically slowed down. Um, it just it it suffered more than any game I have ever tried before um, to with with production quality. It, it was just awful. Mm, that's too bad. And when you're talking about a dexterity game, production quality is it's critical. Like it's so important to have, you know, if you've ever played on it's a non, balanced. yeah, if it's you've totally. never never played on a non-flat table with uh, uh what's that flippy game, um, the racing game? Oh, uh, pitch car. Pitch car. Yeah, if you've ever played on like a, a tried to play at a convention on pitch car on a, like a couple of tables that weren't the same height, it's the same thing. You hit the cracks and then your car goes flying off the table. Well, this was the same thing. We were trying to get our my wife was angry at hers because she had one of the pieces was kind of warped and twisted a little bit. So it caused her entire track to be kind of tilted a little bit. So she, she was trying to hold it down to get the marble to actually go. And it just, it was just, it was a disaster. And the part that made me, I think most angry about it was that it had such potential. And at the end of the day, it was just awful. And I will say that the, the auction mechanic, I won't get into it because I've already, I've already bagged on it enough. Um, The auction mechanic is pretty weak as well. Um, the mm. way it works it just didn't there's there's a lot about this game that feels like they 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 hung their hat Und, undelivered promise basically yeah they hung their hat on the gimmick and the gimmick didn't deliver and everything all the other mechanics that they did not develop well are not there yeah overall very disappointed so all right jeez. uh the next game we played that day um was flam rouge bmx uh, i'm sure i'm saying that wrong um, Have you it, played original Flamme Rouge? No. Okay. I always wanted to. Um, I do like racing games, and I've heard good um, stories about this one. Um, so um, we pulled out Flamme Rouge BMX, and I did have quite a bit of fun um, with it the first time we played it, which was basically we played it the default way, which was I think is just Flamme Rouge. Like we had no extra rules. And then we re re racked and played it a second time, and the second time we played it with the BMX rules, and there was just all this really weird stuff that I didn't feel like added to the game, and um, caused some really funky things that the rules did not seem to address very well. Um, yeah, it was just kind of weird. So, so wait, um, how would... long was a play then? Not very long. Oh, interesting. Like a, maybe uh, twenty thirty minutes at most. Oh, okay, okay. Have you have you played the original front? Fl- I haven't. Like I just have been interested in it um, again because oh. it it's gotten pretty good press as a racing game. So 
Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think that the original Flamme Rouge would be the way to go, and I I'm assuming that the base game that we played, that the 20 minute racing game, it probably delivers. Um, there's that's probably the reason why it's gotten such good reviews. So, but this just it's an unnecessary addition, in my opinion. It did okay. not it did not deliver well on the BMX mechanics. I was hoping to get actual BMX mechanics. They should have called it like Flamme Rouge mountain biking because that was more what it was like it was not really bmx and it didn't even really deliver that well it added extra stuff that i didn't feel like was necessary so but the base game was fun we had fun it was it was not uh spiky dastards <laughs> um and the then low. yes i think we played applejack that night okay i don't, I don't remember if that was the next morning or that night so these are they're starting to run together a little bit. We we, we played Applejack, which which is a newer is it a Uwe Rosenberg? It is yes. Okay. Yes, and it's on Board Game Arena um, as well. So my wife and I had played um, probably four games of this on Board Game Arena together prior oh, okay. to going to Board Game GeekCon, but both of us sort of admitted that we didn't really understand what was going on. That is the downside to Board Game Arena because it does the rules for you. Sometimes mm-hmm. it does things that you're like, I don't really understand why I won that game, or I don't really understand why I lost that game, or I don't really understand how this game works, but I know how to continue the game by playing a piece, right? I'm in this photo, and I don't like it. <laughs> yes, me too. It's happening in Nippon right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, um, so we decided to break it out, read the rules, and play it. And wow, I understand the game now. Uh, imagine that. Um, but yeah, we we played. I think we played two games of that one with my son, and then one where he um, maybe Jed was there at that time, and he took off. Oh, okay. So so at that point, um, he was done. Like it was definitely not a game for him. It's funny because it looks like it's in the vein of like say a Carcassonne, but from your description, it feels like it's a little more involved than that, right? Um, I would say it's less involved than Carcassonne. Really? Okay. Because, I mean, the reason I say Carcassonne is it looks kind of like this tile placement thing, you know? It, it is a tile placement game, but... but So, in, in Applejack, you're you're trying to create um, orchards that have the same apples near them. Like, so there's, there's okay. um, like, five different types of apples. There's orange apples, golden, pink, brown, red. There's two different greens. Um Anyway, and then there's apple blossoms, and the goal is basically you you're, you get um, honey for putting um, certain combinations together. There's little like honey things on each tile that when they line up with another honey thing, they they pay you back. That that honey thing is also the cost of the tile. So for example, um, if the if the tile has a ten on it, it costs you ten honey to play it. If you play it so that it lines up with a like another seven honey, you get back seven honey. You get the lower number. So if you were to actually line it up with another ten, it would it would give you back the same amount that you paid to place the tile. So there's that going on. In addition, there's um, all of the apples and blossoms on the tiles, and when tiles are next to each other that have the same apple on, they make the orchard bigger. Um, and you just score points as you go, and the points is is honey. So you're you're spending victory points to play tiles. So you're trying to be conservative with what you spend, but on top of that, you've got to buy the big tiles to actually score big points. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting game. It's light. Um, I, it's hard to, um, 
I would say the game that it reminds me the most of is actually Patchwork. Really? Okay. Um, and it's not much like Patchwork, but there's a lot to the placing them to try to maximize your score and rotating them um, and placing them to get that score. And it feels like, um, you know, you're spending buttons in Patchwork, which are the victory points, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're spending honey here. Uh, there, there's a lot to be said that it's it's um, it shares a lot with Patchwork. Interesting. Well, uh, I would say we should maybe pause there, and uh, we can continue these tales in the next episode. So stay tuned. <laughs>